Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. Tis the season, Carl, and odd season it is. Halloween. You know, I always found Halloween to be a very curious holiday. Even as a child, it's like, what is all this about? And we've looked into that a little bit. The answers are pretty interesting. Yes, I I think a lot of people at first blush would consider a program with this sort of subject as a triviality. Oh, here we go. You know, it's like Halloween. They're going to talk about Halloween. Ho-hum. But it's actually a very important opportunity to see the present in contrast to the past, to look at where we came from and where we are now, because there's a bigger story underneath this. So I don't want to elaborate at this point. You'll see this in full. So hang in there, because we've got some real nuggets to share with you about the human condition and even our future potential as human beings. We sure do. Let's get on with it. You asked creator... Halloween was said to originate with a Celtic festival where folks would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. Where did this idea originate? Is it just an awareness that the light dispels the dark? All right, and this is what Creator says. This is Creator's words. This is a good assumption you are making because this is very much in line with the thinking of the people in a simpler era who nonetheless were more intuitive than today and knew there were problems of roaming discarded entities, the troubled spirits who were tarrying and seeking something, and that could mean trouble for the living. So the idea of having night, having light at night to drive away the darkness is universally seen as protective, not only because it will keep animal predators at a distance, but it is uplifting, and this alone confers some protection innately. This is seen intuitively by many in thinking about the dangers of being alone in the darkness. This is hard-won wisdom for many having been trapped earthbound in between prior lifetimes. So there are many sources of bad association with darkness and demonic forces, and the spirit realm in particular. This also is experienced many times because people are more vulnerable during the sleeping hours as they will stand down consciously, but the subconscious will be available if anything of a dark nature nature approaches them and carries out an attack to attempt penetrating the defenses. The deep subconscious will know all about it, but will not be able to communicate this to the conscious level of the mind in the morning. But nonetheless, deep inside, there will be a hue and cry when people are once again contemplating being alone in the dark and will feel vulnerable. So this is the basic impulse here that has grown up through many practices across the globe designed to deal with these issues through ritual and acts of protection or would-be protection. Indeed, that seems to be a universal fear, fear of the dark. I mean, humans everywhere run up against that. And there really needs to be a good reason for it, and Creator is revealing what that reason is. Well, it's interesting. You know, the out of the mouths of babes, you know, this or out of children, a lot of young kids are afraid of the dark at night. 
Yes. And why is that? Is that just they're naive? They don't know any better? Well, they don't really know about danger. They've been protected thus far. What's really going on is inside them, their subconscious knows the dark holds demonic things. It just does. These forces are out and about. There are energies that are not nice. And the young are intuitive, and they can sense it. And they've come from other lives where they had tussles and in between lives may have had trouble getting back to the light. So so there's a lot of good reason for taking pause when one's thrust into darkness. Absolutely. U.S. Creator, November 1st is All Saints Day and the night before is All Hallows Eve that we know is Halloween now. That, well, that has since become Halloween. All Saints Day is supposed to be a day of remembrance for all the departed, including saints. But lately it has become just another dutiful day for the typical Catholic to attend Mass. It will be a remembrance of the exalted nature of the saints as role models for righteous living, but little else. There will be precious little discussion of death itself, the hazards of transition, the dark fate and existence of many earthbound departed loved ones who are assumed to be safe and are not. What was the original intent for these holidays, and how has that intent been lost over time? All right, and so now we're getting a look behind the curtain of history here. This is what Creator says. There has indeed been a change and a dimming of the perspectives and having increasingly a neglect of the issue of the troubled earthbound spirits, attempting to make their transition back to the light, but becoming trapped in the lower astral plane. This happens for many reasons, as you know, and one out of three people who pass away do not make it back to the light at least for quite some time, and need a healing outreach from the human side to request divine intervention on their behalf. The light cannot do this unilaterally because all human experiences, good and bad, must be allowed under the rules of engagement to allow free will and for people to have their experiences as they choose them, whether risky, safe, ill-advised, beneficial, uplifting, or harmful in some way. Humans are on their own to have an opportunity to learn and grow beyond the initial states of vulnerability and ignorance. This is still in progress. There was more awareness of this problem in past generations, and these holidays were meant to address the meaning behind life and death and the in-between realm and the importance of being in spiritual and divine alignment to successfully make one's journey, and the need for prayer to help those who do struggle. This has largely been lost to the modern world and is most unfortunate because there is great suffering going on as we speak with many lost souls in need of rescue. I have to imagine this comes as a little bit of a surprise for people, that the origins of Halloween actually have a very, very deep spiritual context. Yes, well, it's been scrubbed away by the secular (laughs) movement, and it's influenced churches and worship as well. This is a corruption, and it's it's purposeful. It comes from the darkness itself. So, I mean, this this is sounding like some fire and brimstone sermon a little bit, and I I regret that, but we have to tell it like it is. And, And that's why we're doing this, you know, looking into Halloween, you know, what do we know about this? Yeah. Turns up some very interesting things. And we have our guide, as usual, creator of all it is. We can consult directly through a gift. And it is a blessing. 
Indeed, indeed. You ask creator, as we continue with our Halloween exploration, the Irish legend of jack-o'-lanterns is that one night a conniving local drunkard named Jack trapped the Prince of Darkness in a tree by hacking a sign of the cross into the bark. In exchange for letting Satan climb down, Jack had him vow to never claim his soul. Jack proceeded to act like a jerk his whole life. When he died, he was not allowed into heaven. So he tried to return to his old pal, the devil. But Satan, upon his end of the deal, upheld his end of the deal, hurling a piece of coal from hell at the dead man for good measure. Without anywhere to go, Jack placed the burning coal in the turnip to use as a lantern. The dead man then set out, doomed to wander until he can find an eternal resting place. Can creator comment on this legend, how much truth there is to it, and how it really came about? This is what creator says. This is a folk tale based on reality, although the experience described was not truly accurate with respect to names and places in the actual encounter. Those were storytelling. The contest is between the light and darkness in the form of spirits representing humans wishing to return home to the heavenly realm, but being waylaid by demonic forces of the dark in the form of spirit meddlers, the fallen angelics who seek to cause trouble to anyone they can, human in the physical or in spirit form, and will hold spirits back in their journey home and torment them quite savagely in many cases. So this folktale is a metaphorical description of this contest between light and darkness experienced by a transitioning lost soul human spirit and then having a struggle and needing guidance and assistance to recover and return back home to be with creator of all that is. It is unfortunate that the original meaning of the Halloween night has been obscured through the passage of time. This is no accident that the awareness and knowledge has been suppressed because the darkness does not want humans to know of this hazard and so be prepared to prevent it happening. They want as many people as possible to suffer and become trapped in this way. So this becomes a cautionary tale for people to rediscover the roots of the tradition and appreciate the significance so that prayers and healing requests can be mounted and people be informed so they can make better preparation for their own passing one day and avoid this dark fate of becoming earthbound. You know, it just occurred to me that, you know, the carving of pumpkins, jack-o'-lanterns, the popular thing is to put a kind of a grimace, you know, um, face that's in pain or an evil's face onto jack-o'-lanterns. But oftentimes it could be interpreted as a tormented soul that's actually looking through the pumpkin. And I think that's an apt representation of people that are stuck in limbo. They are truly suffering. And um, the light inside the jack-o'-lantern suggests that this is a spirit, that it's a light being, a light being that's trapped in the darkness. It's interesting. uh, And people probably, you know, how that came about, it might be intuitive that that just kind of caught on. Yeah, it's it's a clever insight, I think, because it does apply. This this is not a fun thing we're talking about. It, it's as bad as it sounds. It's a creepy, <laughs> terrible fate. And it doesn't have to be. And we rescue people all the time to do a, a spirit rescue of upliftment and healing so they can cooperate with the light callers who always come. 
But people yeah. who are non-believers, people who are struggling and suffering when they pass or, or pass unexpectedly, and they're not prepared for what's coming, they're confused. They're, they're lost. They don't know what's even happening. Many don't even know they're dead. And then they're set upon, oftentimes, with these dark beings, and then there's nothing they can do. They're overwhelmed, and it goes on and on and on. So this is this is uh, some a problem needing a solution. And Halloween, at once upon a time, was an answer, or at least a partial one. We'll get into that. U.S. creator, as with the jack o story above, the use of a cross to dispel and ward off spirits, even Satan himself, is a common theme. Is there any actual power in using a physical cross for this purpose? If it really works, why does it work? Does it work as a way of requesting divine intervention and as a means of helping belief quotient? We know objects can be cursed, and we also know they can be blessed. Can Creator comment on the benefit of obtaining and using blessed objects as crosses? Such as crosses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is what Creator says. It is true that objects can be cursed, but also blessed. This will add energy of holy intent for the object in question that will be a benefit for those who believe, but not for those who do not. There needs to be more than simply an object with a history of veneration and being recognized by the divine realm that it is to be used for a special purpose. There must also be a human consciousness and will to form an intention for its use in this way. In the absence of belief, no blessings will carry any weight, and the divine realm must stand down. People similarly must believe in themselves as well, as being worthy of divine assistance. So there is a dual requirement here. The cross is a powerful icon representing divinity and has been since the time of Christ. This itself imparts energy that a person can use for inspiration and to empower themselves through their belief for a strengthening to take place and buoy them up and help them make it through a very trying and difficult time. And certainly confronting dark spirits, being intent on dragging a person down, bullying and tormenting them and ruining their life is as serious as any other problem can be. So turning to the cross as a tool for divine assistance is a time-honored ritual that will confer a benefit to those who believe. It is that simple. It is not magic. It is the power of belief set in motion with an intent for something to happen. The divine realm will follow the intention held by the person, not simply the object they may hold. But human consciousness has power of its own, and this can be amplified again and again by many symbols that become a rallying cry. The sight of the national flag, a battle hymn, a rallying cry to seek the righting of wrongs of the past. All can be used to fire up a crowd and help people come together in unison to amplify their individual energies through a group effort that may carry the day in many settings. The cross has been used again and again for this kind of purpose, even to give strength and courage during battle in non-divine ways. But that is a human level energy then on display 
and a kind of placebo effect, you might say, because the divine will not encourage or support non-divine conduct. So there are always fine points and conditions that must be met for these kinds of energies to be in play and have an influence on events. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the term amplified, so it's a, it basically, the, uh, the cross or a symbol, a physical symbol, is an amplifier of belief. And if there's no belief whatsoever, well, then it's not going to be effective because there's nothing, nothing to amplify. There mm-hmm. has to be something there first to amplify before it can be engaged. Well, and th- this, this is because of the need for the human to participate. We can't be passive ever and just expect God to do everything. And this speaks to a message that's given to us and we pass on day in and day out. And it's come through many times in our programs that the goal of Get Wisdom is to help people embrace the idea of having a partnership with the divine. And that means exactly what it says, walking hand in hand with the Lord and being in a common cause and doing each one's part to make something good happen for someone's benefit. And so here you go. This is a way to facilitate a partnership. Take that icon, which has that past history of holiness, and use that as a bridge or a symbol of a partnership you're going to engage in. And if you think of it that way, you'll be on the right track because you don't really need the cross, but if it's comforting, if it's inspiring, you know, go for it. There's no reason not to do it. And if it's done with faith in the divine and faith in the self, it will be empowering. I mean, that's because the partnership is underway. Right. So don't be don't uh, be disheartened by atheists or non-believers or critics who say there's no power in it. Well, there is no power in it for them unless you wish for it to protect them in some way. Yeah, the, the, the divine can actually obey your wish to protect people that otherwise would never get it. That's yeah. something we don't want to forget either. But well, ultimately, and, and the other you know, thing, well, I just want to say one yeah. thing quickly that sure. the the other takeaway here is not to be that you got to be a Christian, you know, to do right. this. You know, yes. this question is in there because it comes up and is a common question people have about such things. And it figures in all the history of these doings and the rituals and the holidays and so on. But we're we're revenue neutral about Absolutely. religion here because religion has many flavors, many adherents and many uh Types of dogma, some is accurate, some is not in divine alignment. We're after the truth of things. And so that's part of our mission, to probe into what religions do and don't do. Yeah, we said blessed objects like the cross, but blessed objects are part of every major religious tradition across the globe. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a power, it's a reality that's in generic to everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com, where you can check out our healing services. Uh, we have on our menu bar, we have a tab healing. Just check that out for the, so you can you can actually engage us to do spirit rescues, which we've hinted at so far in this program. A very important service if you have loved ones that are departed and you're worried about them. Also, you can learn about our Lightwear Healing Protocol, which you can actually train yourself in. Uh, you can get that information at GetWisdom.com slash LHP, and also our Effective Prayer Book, Get that at getwisdom.com slash prayer. 
And we'll be right back with more on the true purpose of Halloween and its hazards when Get Risen returns after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host Dee Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for Mindful Space to Pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are exploring Halloween because it is that time of year, and it's a fascinating topic, it turns out. Carl, you asked creator, in medieval England, solars would go around begging rich folk for soul cakes on Halloween. Instead of threatening to play tricks, however, they'd pray for the souls of people's departed loved ones in return for the cake. Again, we see the act of praying for the dead, in essence performing spirit rescues, made a form of tradition to ensure that at least one time during the year, the dead were remembered and prayers said on their behalf. Was the soul cake a form of payment, not unlike paying for a practitioner to do a lightworker healing protocol spirit rescue today? Clearly, the original intent for this practice has been completely and utterly lost. Can Creator comment on that? All right, and as a channeler of Creator, I sat down and recorded this question, played it to myself, and Creator said the following. This was a well-intentioned outreach that was a win-win for the children participating. They were learning about the issue of life and death, They were working for the divine realm in offering to use their purity of soul and innocence to be assisting the soul journey of people's departed loved ones 
who might be in earthbound form struggling in the lower astral plane in between the earth and heaven. To do prayers is a very good solution for the dilemma because these hapless spirits cannot help themselves. And that is why they're trapped. They are disoriented. They are confused. They are depleted. They may not even realize they are dead. They may lack a sufficient belief quotient in the divine to make possible even cooperating with the light callers who will always come for them, even if they are atheists. But it is less likely that non-believers will be high enough in vibration to recognize the light callers and cooperate with them as guides. This is a self-inflicted penalty, not a judgment from on high. So this was a beautiful custom for a truly divine spiritual purpose, and it was effective in helping many troubled spirits return home to the light. The fact it is no longer the case that Halloween is seen as an opportunity to confer such a blessing for many struggling people's loved ones is tragic and solely a consequence of the secular movement to deny, denigrate, and delete religion as an important element in public life, or even as a private experience, at least as far as societal approval might offer. People and their loved ones are the losers. This fate may befall the secular non-believers in far greater number, but it will be their choosing and is a karmic payback for their disconnection. It is not always a conscious choice. People are raised in the culture as is, warts and all, so to speak. But that is the overall human dilemma and the contest underway. To see, will humans rise above the darkness and its encroachment to rob humanity of their faith and drag them down into darkness as well? You know, once again, I I marvel at uh, this custom and its uh, focus on using children in it because Children actually have pretty high belief quotients when they're young, you know. A lot of people see that as gullible, but Creator uses the word pure and innocent, and that's powerful, powerful stuff. And so their belief is genuine and pure and powerful as a result. So a yeah. child saying a prayer for a departed loved one, that that might that might be rocket fuel, you know, in terms of they- helping them out. They can more likely get an answer to a prayer than you can, other than maybe not knowing as much about what's needed and why and so on. So that that can reduce things a little bit in terms of the effectiveness. But that purity of connection is really genuine and heartfelt in the young people. They've come most recently from the light. And if you ask really young kids, they'll often be able to tell you what that means to them and what it's like and the visions they have and the connection they have with other light beings around them that they'll just assume is natural and a part of existence. And it's maybe their higher self or a spirit guide or an angel that comes and talks to them. Even as infants, this happens. So, yeah. yeah. The important lesson here is that this isn't just fun and games. This isn't just, you know, an evening to go entertain the children. This was important stuff. Yeah. And it's a missed opportunity now and in a, uh, a diminishment of our yeah. culture. Absolutely. U.S. creator, trick-or-treating did not become popular in the United States until the 1920s. 
From its inception through the 1950s, Halloween was very controversial, as many adults viewed it as a form of extortion with the practice. What is Creator's view of this? This is Creator's words. This is indeed a corruption and is apparent on its face. If you think about the origin of the souling done by children to pray for people's loved ones who had passed on, and of this transformed into carrying out pranks and acts of vengeance, even in a low-level fashion, it is a depredation and a degradation of the sacredness of life and the divinity that is the origin of humans and their true makeup. It is demeaning and a diminishment to cause harm to others. It is non-divine and not in alignment. Any cultural practice that encourages such conduct will almost certainly have a dark origin. This is the influence of the spirit meddlers to corrupt human affairs as well as the extraterrestrials truly controlling the planet. It is how they think. They only serve themselves and would not conceive of nor promote anything where there is a gifting to others in a selfless way, and certainly not for a spiritual purpose, as they are atheists themselves. So this is a sad state of affairs, that the young are not only tolerated, but encouraged to keep this custom going. There are some more enlightened parents who will instruct their children to not say trick or treat, but rather say happy Halloween as a friendly greeting. And this is a much better strategy to exchange with a stranger with the expectation of receiving bounty from them in the form of candy or other treats. So that is the reach of the divine on display, keeping alive the idea of treating people with respect, courtesy, and upliftment, rather than a negative attack of some kind, expecting something in return to ward off an implied threat. If you think simply about the meaning here and what is conveyed in the statement, trick or treat, it is obvious on its face. This is not a desirable interchange to teach the young to engage in, even as a game. Children learn from everything, and especially from the cultural rituals. The fact they are embraced and practiced universally, and it is also coupled with a reward, constitutes a slippery slope, and they will learn the dark message inherent in the act itself. You can be sure of this. They may not turn into monsters, but they will be lowered in the doing and will certainly not be gaining anything of value to help with their life. <laughs> wow, that is fascinating stuff. You know, the, the term extortion, that was part of the question, but really it is, if you think about it. I mean, you know, give me something or I'm going to hurt you. You know, that's, yeah. that's classic extortion. That's uh, that's mob rule, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've come a long way, baby, from young, <laughs> innocent children doing something to help the divine realm to do prayers for people and help them with a dilemma in their family to threatening them with malicious mischief in exchange for being given candy, which has no real value. So this is quite a a flip-flop in the intention here and it's deliberate 
This yep. is what Creator is pointing out. It was once a positive lesson, and now it's almost the, the exact opposite. You know, so yeah. a, this, is, this isn't just you know being a naysayer and an old fogey and you know trying to squelch people's fun and enthusiasm. You know, there's w- many ways to do that. Many ways to have fun in an Absolutely. uplifting, happy way. You know, kids are great at that. That's what they do if you leave them to their own devices pretty much most of the time. Right. You know, some of them have that bullying streak, and that's a corruption, and that's another story. But but uh, kids, you know, kids will follow your lead and, and do all kinds of really wonderful things. Absolutely. Carl, you asked, Creator, there are rumors. We're going to explore a little darkness here. <laughs> the dark holiday that's become a dark holiday that we're looking at, now we're going to really get a little dark on us. There are rumors that Halloween is an especially dark day and that more ritual sacrifices of children happen on that day than any other day of the year. Is there any truth to this? And if so, why is Halloween viewed as an advantageous time to do this? Well, Creator answers, this is a partial truth. It is one of several dark days used for this purpose. As you know, there is no decline in the evil practice of child sacrifice. The ritual killings are done in service to the darkness by people who have become corrupted and carry out acts of depravity. This is among the worst possible, to take a young innocent life in this heinous fashion. So it is done by the most severe of the hardcore elements practicing the dark arts and is truly the consequence of distorted thinking of an extreme degree. These individuals are serving the interlopers with their minds and hearts as well, such as they are. This takes a very high level of corruption to close off a person's sensitivity to suffering and the plight of a victim of any sort, let alone a young person starting out in life and meeting an untimely end in this way. Such individuals are at grave risk of losing everything, and this will create great difficulty for them in the future to find their way back once again to a divine path. Those they serve have already all but lost their chance at salvation. This is not impossible for human beings to do as well. Yeah, this is definitely... Definitely a dark subject. Uh, it's becoming more and more into people's conscious awareness, even in the news these days. Um, well, it, 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 it's no fun talking about these things. Trust me. Yeah. I, I recoil at all of these creepy things still, even though I deal with it day in and day out. And I deal with the victims. Yeah. I work on people who have had past lives doing ritual killing and people in the current life who have been involved in families involved with that sort of practice. It is real. You won't hear it on the news. They won't go near these, these sort of topics. No, they won't. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a sad aspect of the reality of evil. And it has crept into our realm. And there's many manifestations. This is one of them. And this is one of the consequences of child trafficking, which you do hear about in the news. Yes, And this is one of the fate that's suffered by some of those victims. They got to get the raw meat somewhere and they do. And it it, it is reprehensible and deplorable and really, really demented. But that's what the darkness is and what it's all about. If it's allowed to mount in intensity and take over a person and their sensibilities. We've mentioned it in other shows, but not this one so far that... You know, 
the interlopers, the dark spirits, uh, demons, as a, as a more colloquial term for it, um, these beings are fallen angelics, and they, they've been cut off from the divine, from uh, energetic source for even ex- existing. So they have to get this energy by stealing it from other living beings. And this is their motive for creating suffering and, yes. for, and for encouraging some very depraved human beings for engaging in these kinds of horrendous deeds. Yeah, yeah. And that's the ulterior uh, motive underneath us all. It's, it's to get people to be dark themselves and to ramp up all of the darker emotions because that's morally, more a match to them and how they think and feel inside. So they love it. They love the energy of suffering. Yes. They love to see people tortured because that anguish can provide lots of energy to feed them. And they'll swarm over that victim and suck energy from them. It's, it's, this sounds science fiction-y, I understand. But this is a reality. And, and intuitives can train themselves to tune into that wavelength and see spirit attachments in people. Sure. And I, I started doing this some years ago now um, as, a, uh, as a consulting hypnotist and helping people with emotional problems. I had a f- friend and colleague who was a minister and had done spirit removal, spirit releasement work. And I went to a training one day just to see if there's something to this crazy stuff the guy does. <laughs> because he did it a long time. And I figured, you know, it's not going away. Maybe there's something here. And I just went out of curiosity. And that's when I found out, lo and behold, I could see darkness in people if I tuned in. And that was a gift. And ever since, I've been doing spirit removals. And it, it's quite a blessing to have that lifted from, from you. It, it is a wonderful contribution to the human family. But we need more of it. Absolutely. The... Um Oh, just drew a blank. <laughs> well, we have this service available at Get Wisdom. You can yes, we do. come and have a personal clearing done. We have a discount for family groups. It's a wonderful thing to do for a family because it not only removes darkness like this, which is common. 90% of people have dark spirits. Now, they're not all going to go berserk and do depraved things, but the vulnerable will be pushed into it. Most people are, are stronger than that and in better shape, but they may lose some energy. They may make some missteps and have some confusion in their life and have some lethargy and have some mixed emotions that are maybe stronger than ordinary because the inner spirits are pushing their buttons and so on. So it's never a good thing. Well, one thing I would like to point out to people really quick as we're coming up on the break here, when you get really angry, you know, the last time you had a good mad or you get depressed or really sad, those really extreme emotions drain the heck out of you. You're When you're done with that episode, you're exhausted. So you're literally leeching off that energy. You're giving it out, uh, you're out to the universe, essentially. And that energy isn't just going into a void. It's being sucked up by these beings. Yeah, this this is their this is their necessity now because they're not divinely supported with energy. They have to be a parasite. Yep. And attached to a living being and draw that energy to live on from them. Yep. So this this is life and death for them. Absolutely. And and they they relish the suffering that they witness and cause because they're working actively against the light. 
it's a kind of a retribution thing and a fear thing. They fear the light and they're working against it as actively as they can. Indeed. We have more on avoiding Halloween hazards when Gateways and Returns right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at GetWisdom.com. That's contact at GetWisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the last segment of Give Wisdom. Carl and I are trying our very best to wish you a happy Halloween this season, but uh, we have some things to share. Not all of it's happy. Well, this is life, is it not? (laughs) (laughs) I assume we're all grown-ups here, and uh, that's the unfortunate truth. When you look at the reality of things, there's often, you know, some dark aspect, and this is a challenge and an opportunity. That's what Creator tells us over and over. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't despair. This isn't your doom. This is an opportunity to learn and grow. That's why we're going through all of this craziness. And we'll come out the other side much better for it, I am told. But we have to make that happen. Indeed. You asked Creator, a friend of mine, well, that's actually my friend. I'm the one who gave you this question, Carl. (laughs) A friend of mine recounted, How there was an annual haunted house that was so intense, people signed waivers to experience it. It was apparently so realistic that men used actual chainsaws without blades but engines running to terrify visitors. There was fake blood everywhere, blood-curdling screams, gore and slime, and people dressed as ghosts and demons grabbing people in the dark and scaring them senseless. A man with a known heart condition signed a waiver, went in, and had a heart attack. 
He sued the city and won. The haunted house was permanently discontinued as a result. How hazardous to visitors' mental and even physical health are such attractions? Quote, unquote. All right, and this is Creator's answer. Aside from the occasional mishap of the kind you cite in your question, where someone is physically fragile and could succumb to the consequences of a stressful experience, there is not a physical risk with such undertakings. It is more a question of vulnerability of the soul and spirit by putting oneself in harm's way through enactment of a scenario where evil forces descend on them to harass and threaten. This menacing will trigger inner awareness of many other times and places when people have struggled with the darkness in a real world sense, and it will stir up inner fear. It has a greater danger in putting someone in alignment with dark energy. Thoughts of ghoulish beings creates a certain kind of energetic signature that will be recognized by such beings. They will be drawn to anyone who has made their energy a match to theirs in some way. It happens with those harboring anger and evil thoughts, but also to those harboring feelings of victimization. In a sense, it is sending off an aroma, much as they were a morsel that will be tempting to dark spirits looking for a victim. It is like being a loaf of bread fresh from the oven, and as the scent wafts forth, may draw all in the household for a fresh slice. This is what people do when they put themselves in the energy of evil through a simulation, let alone a real event orchestrated in earnest to commit evil. Even though this is pretend, it will trigger inner fear, and the emotion is a match to the causal elements being simulated. And in that way, the person will align themselves with the dark enterprise to be on the receiving end. And this can foster an attack that may well be successful in allowing spirit meddlers to penetrate the aura and take up residence. So the liability fostered by this experience, seemingly one of entertainment only, may create a lifelong impairment from spirit meddler possession or worsen one already in place by recruiting additional dark spirits to join a group already present within the person. This is a large price to pay for a few moments of an intense experience done solely for a kind of amusement in experiencing something for shock value that feels like an accomplishment as it helps people feel reassured they are strong and capable and safe after all when they survive the ordeal. The morbid fascination is part of human nature, wanting always to see and absorb and learn about any dangers that are out and about. That is the true cause of the phenomenon, not that people have a bloodlust, but it can get people into trouble as well. It is like the proverbial attraction of a moth to a flame. It can backfire and worsen things for the moth. Yeah, and this kind of an event uh, will affect people differently. You know, there are some people that are, are very strong internally, and they'll walk through and perhaps even be bored by the event, walk out and think that that was nothing. And yet somebody else can be just terrified out of their mind and be scarred by such an event for months or years or even a lifetime afterwards. Well, and one thinks about the young and, you know, who knows? You know, you right. don't really know your child until you put them in that kind of setting, what their reaction might be. And yeah. 
how it might stir up something you didn't even know was inside of them, a vulnerability. And this this happens over and over for folks. So th- this is not something to play with. It's not no. something to take lightly. And in a sense, it has its own dark impulse and origin and purpose. Yes. It is a, it is a tool of the darkness, in fact, to keep you reminded that it's out there. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know, the closest I came to this kind of thing was I saw the movie Jaws when it first came out back in 1973, I believe. Yeah. And uh, my friends all said that I was white as a ghost when I came out of that theater. And I had nightmares uh, for for years afterwards. Uh, <laughs> of so yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it, you know, and it was just a movie, right? But I it suffered. It was just a movie. Just yeah. a movie. <laughs> All right, you ask creator, what effect does watching scary Halloween motion pictures have on people? Jaws kind of fits that definition a little bit, especially children. And Creator says, first of all, many of these films are created as a seasonal offering and become associated with the Halloween experience of dressing up to pretend to be dark beings and witnessing others delighting in play acting the role. This gets thoughts going about dark possibilities. And even when this isn't attractive or desired, it augments the potential reality of such forces and creates an energy within that begins to match the energy of such beings themselves. This is never a good idea to be identifying with depravity, especially with young, impressionable children taking part. To watch motion pictures depicting acts of cruelty and depravity, as is so often the case these days, in particular, with a lowering of standards that has been relentless, Children see many horrific things at too young an age to fully understand the implications and what it might do to their own psyche. This will stir up many past life memories of participating with all kinds of dark doings through choice or forced to do so, or being a victim and witnessing such dark doings. Depravity taking place, as many, many people have been tortured in past eras and killed and witnessed such things. Seeing a movie with these kinds of themes will reawaken many personal memories of the viewers, including young children, who will not be able to understand or cope with the emotions that are created. This will undermine the person and weaken their defenses and may well lead directly to a spirit possession during the film. This is certainly something parents would never expect might befall their children. From something that seems quite innocent in the act of watching a motion picture depicting fantasy and not real events. The deep subconscious will not know the difference and will not know the difference between the current life and the many past lifetimes it has lived through directly from its perspective and will be very fearful of them coming again. Seeing a movie of dark subject matter can heavily trigger the viewer to stir up inner turmoil and weaken them to outside manipulation and a worsening of their life. I think there's actually a broader lesson here in that 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 sentence is very revealing. The deep subconscious will not know the difference and will not know the difference between the current life and the many past lifetimes. So symbols are incredibly important and if somebody just witnesses, even in a cartoon fashion, violence and depravity, that that's going to have an impact on them at some level. Yeah, it's a deep 
level inner reminder we're in that place again where these things happen and it will make them anxious and this sets them up to be ever more sensitive and triggered and that builds on itself and this is how fears get going phobias get going lifelong anxiety gets going and vulnerability to being preyed on you know the bullies need victims and they find them in the weaker sort Uh, the more timid the more fearful apprehensive what gets them that way well a lot of it is fearing what might come and in a perverse way it may bring it about because they're setting off this aroma of being the victim. Yeah, it's insidious. Carl, you asked creator, Halloween is un- Halloween undeniably is fun for children, but it clearly has a downside in dark history as well. Can creator provide an overall summary of the divine view of today's Halloween celebrations, and in particular, their effect on children? We have shared with you this is a secular transformation of what used to be a religious holiday and an outreach to struggling human spirits who needed help returning to the heavenly realm. And this was an opportunity to remind all of the obligations people have to care for their loved ones, not only holding a memory in their heart, but to reach out to the divine realm with prayer on their behalf and in that way assist them further, even when they've departed from physical life, and especially so. Because this is a real need and a phenomenon that is an eventual consequence for far too many humans. So anything people do from the human side in requesting divine assistance will be of material value. Because the divine realm cannot act unilaterally to rescue these lost souls. So the contrast between doing service for departed loved ones by partnering with the divine to raise them up and save them from a dark fate And comparing that to today's secular ritual, seemingly for the entertainment of children to go door-to-door asking for candy, shows the consequence of the corruption that has happened to lower people's awareness and turn them away from a heartfelt divine activity to one of selfish motives with an entirely destructive outcome. While it is a fun activity that is more about the dressing up and having sweets as a reward, so it is a form of play. There are many ways to obtain the same benefits without wearing ghoulish costumes and masks to hide the identity and often to be pretending to be dark beings of various kinds. That is never a positive experience. It widens the door of negative possibilities in the minds of the young. And to have the reward be a sugar-based treat almost exclusively is a further corruption because sugar is a very destructive and dangerous thing to ingest. And it can engender lifelong indulgence through association learned during Halloween to represent a kind of peak experience and reward for the self and begin a cycle of regular cravings that children will want to satisfy. And this can go on lifelong and contribute to disease like cancer. This, too, is a high price to pay for a fleeting entertainment with no other purpose. So we've learned from all this that Halloween has always been focused on death. But in the beginning, it had an entirely different purpose, that the purpose of focusing on the passage of people was to remember them and know that they were in trouble and to to help them out of their dilemma, to actually deprive the demons and the spirit, the interlopers of their energy. Mm-hmm. And that has since been transformed into a celebration of death, uh, an amplification of depravity. And uh, that's that's where we've come with this, Carl, and uh, we're hoping to begin to turn that around with this with this uh, revelation. 
Well, parents are getting a little more enlightened these days and softening the experience a little bit and helping to encourage their kids to maybe pick costumes that aren't quite savage looking. But, uh, you know, there's still much more to be done. And the, the whole influx of sugar and everything is another kind of disinformation campaign and a corruption with a dark purpose behind it because it's very, very destructive. In fact, yes. Creator talks about sugar as being a carcinogen. Yeah. That's why that came up in here. This is serious business. We've, we've talked about that, I think, in the series. If not, we probably will again at, at some point. Because um, people have it wrong. The researchers have it wrong about the cause of cancer. Yeah. So it, it, this is all interconnected and is a big dark doing entirely. Well, so we'll, wake we'll up get and get get some divine help and find a better path. Absolutely. That's we're here to best. help you with that at getwisdom.com. Carl, we're out of time. Thanks again. All right. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 